your skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. Did you see that? That was nice. All right, that's that's loud. It's pretty loud, but I'm I'm confident with loudness. Loudness doesn't bother me. I usually play with things anyway. You use GarageBand. Yeah, GarageBand's my go-to. It lets me pre-EQ things, so I don't have to convert later, which keeps the quality nice and high. And it, if I'm recording it this way, it's getting all my high tones already, and it's focusing on the things I'm telling it to focus on. The way I, I, I feel like I've gotten this far, I know what I want to listen for, and I know what I'm afraid of, which is like low tones. So, everything is cool now. It's been a fucking while, man. It's been a fucking while. What's the last time we did one? You were episode 20. You were you were in the top twenty five percentile, and now I'm back here, and it's episode seventy fucking nine, and I'm like, where my best friend at? <laughs> Not fucking here. An That's hour a, away. It's all right. We uh, we record other stuff on your channel. I'm here, of course, with Gnarly Charlie, and uh, your first episode we did uh, spoopy video game pastas. And they were terrible. So it, I feel like my first episode with you wasn't great. Like I uh, Lavender Town, I love that. Story. Lavender Town's great. Yeah, Polybius was there. You know, uh, anyone who's listening who probably didn't listen to episode twenty, it's just like we hit some some well known video game creepypastas. We did like we hit the ones you're supposed to, which is like. Polybius, the the haunted arcade unit, yeah. Lavender Town, which is the haunted Pokemon game. Like those are two people always try to do something like and manage to fuck up somehow. And then you know we get what the rest of that episode was, which was like Portal Two <laughs> creepy pasta, no. and, and 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 what was it Minecraft <laughs> creepy pasta? The one what were those botched ones where I couldn't even read the line because everything was just like a run on sentence. Yeah, we uh, we went into some troll pasta there for a little bit. Things that are written terribly on purpose. Uh, you you kind of have to channel your inner autism in order to retell, in order to retell those so stories. Bad. You kind of have to just <laughs> get retarded in like two minutes. Yeah, um, it's it's tough. We. Uh, Anyone who's listening right now probably has no fucking clue what we're talking about because we don't really read troll pastas anymore. Because they're terrible. You because can't. they're awful. They're you know you have to be. I kind of you know I realized forcing those on people at the very beginning probably wasn't my best <laughs> in my best interest. A lot of those earlier episodes suffer from a lack of focus. They're all just all over the place. And now I would say ever since episode fifty, we've just been reading wholesome narratives. Over the course of the episode, um, we even got to the point recently with 60 where we split one great story between two episodes, which is also at this point we read a, a part three. So we're reading longer narratives now for people who are following along. That was Whistler's. That one was about people being lost in the woods and there are these monsters following them and all that you hear when they're coming is whistles. Mm. So they never see them. They never know what's hunting them. But, you know, 
every once in a while their camp will just get surrounded by whistles and they're lost and they can't get home and it's just a three-part trek of bullshit. That sounds really familiar. I think I've heard of that one actually. It the the actual story for part 1 is titled uh I bought a camping backpack at an estate sale and I found this diary inside. That's part one's title. I think isn't that the one where they end up going to like the they find this like small town or something yep. at the end? Yeah, okay. Yep. I, I I read that one. Whistlers <clears throat> ends with them finding the town and it is just barren. Yeah. Like like Roanoke. Like you could tell something came through. And, and there's this there's this twist seventy five percent through the story where it's just like this might be like Lovecraftian. There mm. might be something deeper going on here but i will save that for people who want to listen to that episode we're reading something else we're we're going a little uh left field here because we don't usually do these episodes we're talking about aliens we're talking about aliens today because aliens you know are one thing where if i see something pop up anywhere about aliens i will sit down and read it i will sit down and listen to it you know i i love to expand my knowledge because like i just found this out this week Area 51 is a complete fuck-up. Apparently, they released documents, like, ten years ago that say, no, really, it was a weather balloon. Yeah. No, like, really, it was. So, like, yeah, we, we, we were playing this with things. This is the document. Yeah. This is the doc. Apparently, what I'm finding out is that during the Cold War, they were, they were testing with some... Oh, no, not Cold War. They were in World War II. That's what I meant. Other big bad guy, not... I'm thinking Nazi big bad guy, (laughs) not Ruski big bad guy. Um, In Nazi bad guy times, there was a way to track submarines Mm. around the world. If you you hollow out a frequency and you drop something, you could find out that all the way across the world, you could triangulate the position of a submarine because they usually hollow down at a frequency. They tried doing that with aircrafts so that they would know whether or not uh, bombs were coming mm. because when it came around to like atom bomb time later, um, of course you know the time passed from the you know World War Two in the 30s and 40s to uh, the 50s where Roswell happened, where now it's about bombs. Mm. So they tried doing it the opposite effect. Instead of a microphone at the bottom of the ocean to listen for submarines, it's a microphone in the sky to listen for airplanes. And apparently, what happened was. The thing fucking carrying the microphone went down in fucking Roswell, New Mexico, and everyone said, fucking aliens. (laughs) One guy was just like, it's fucking aliens. (laughs) And so everyone loses their minds. And uh, that ruined my day. When I heard that, I was like, wait, Roswell? Wait. Yeah. Part of the reason they said that they didn't come out and deny that shit right up front and they kind of let the whole alien thing just go and be like, people are nuts, is because they didn't want them to figure out what they were doing at the time. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't want, want other people to, to track to yeah. track our shit. Yeah, so yeah, they're so like, they, oh, course, no, it was some crazy shit. We and then, of course, <laughs> when those documents are supposed to release, uh, they put, like, a redacted mm. over all that shit. Yeah. So, so no one found out until recently, which was, like, 50 years passing, so it probably happened somewhere in the thousands. And I didn't learn that until recently. Apparently, a guy at a university was giving some kind of lecture, like, two weeks ago, and a guy just recorded all of it and did a transcript and let loose a little video. Like, he took his two-hour-long lecture, 
summarized it into a five minute long presentation and I listened to the five minute long one and I was like, shit. <laughs> I was like, I love aliens. Don't tell me that. It's like someone telling me Santa Claus isn't real. <laughs> you know, it's, don't tell me aliens aren't real. Right before we started this, I was, I was on my phone. We were trying to decide uh, which avenue we were going to go with since yes. we're talking about aliens is apparently they found pyramids at the bottom of the Bermuda Triangle. <sighs> Called, they're calling them the uh, the Crystal Pyramids right now, and I think they said they're like going to send Indiana Jones there yeah. for a regrettable fifth film. <laughs> no, no, I, I I tried jumping on. I, I found three news outlets that reported on it. None being like CNN or anything like that, but I found a couple of UK ones. That's really fucking close. Others. If you really think about it, like um, I think in my in my life in my travels, I have passed through the Bermuda Triangle by plane twice. Or three times. Like, to go to the Dominican Republic, you have to pass through it. Like, anything past the Keys, like, just to the right of the Florida Keys, is pretty opportune to having to pass through a segment of the Bermuda Triangle. I would mm. say probably not the heart. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's really in the middle of nowhere. But that's a that's a solid spot right in between us and Cuba. So, like, think about that. You know, what would have been there thousands of years ago? Apparently pyramids, Atlantis. You know, everyone always talked about a story, a uh, story of some kind of temple falling into the fucking ocean. We're not reading a story about that. No, this is all no. conjecture, naturally. But like, you know, everyone always said that. You know, that story persisted through the Persian War. Yeah, one of the things that I read in those articles. Now, granted, whether or not it's true, I didn't do enough research yet. But um, I mean, I they they found similar types of structures off the coast of India. This isn't a new thing, realistically. No. But um, no. they're saying that um, the idea of where this location is and where this would have... where the, What state the world would have had to have been in when this would have been above sea level mm-hmm. and whatever it may be is they're saying technically this should predate Noah's Ark of what oh, we fuck. have on the, gra- on yeah, like the spectrum of... That's fantastic. You know, because everyone, everyone saw Pompeii, everyone saw Zach and Thos, like... These these places that are now parts parts of it are intact underwater, mm. and that always makes people go like, oh, like maybe that was the inspiration for like Atlantis. But it's just like, what's something that would have would have been in like an area of sight, you know, in the middle of the fucking ocean? Tends well, to make sense to me. I like mean, those are both off the coasts of giant countries, like. If something's at the bottom of the Bermuda Triangle, like, fuck. Yeah, it's not that far off the coast. You're, yeah, but you're farther. You're farther than Pompeii. You're farther than yeah. Zacanthos. Like, those are those are easy to see because thousands of years of sea level rising. Like, that, that's an explanation. Yeah. Whereas Bermuda never had anything. Except for the shifts. And again, that, that's... Sure, that's, 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 that's another we, thing you could talk <clears throat> about. That's why we have to go back so far. Uh, but, what is it? It's it's magnets? Uh, the, yeah, the poles, Polarity? The pole swap. Um, also, we had, we've had a radar. couple, couple uh, ice ages because we survived. We were here before the last ice age. Yeah, we're just we're just the remnants of what happened after the most recent one. So that's not a common thing. Where if something like if we, if there was an earlier civilization of us that reached a peak and then got wiped out by an ice age, and then mm-hmm. we kind of had to re-evolve back to where we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. Again, I, I'm going to look into that a bit more, but. Stuff that's fun. Always, yeah, I'm gonna see if I, it. I'm gonna see if I could follow that because that's that's cool. I remember. Uh, In fact, they're calling it the Crystal Pyramid. Like that's a little <laughs> okay. That's a little gay. That's like where that's where Prince like vacationed. He he vacationed at the Crystal. By that I mean cocaine. I'm talking yes. about coke. 
he probably did a did a lot of coke. <laughs> um, so, so uh, what was another alien thing I, I was going crazy about? I think it was either South America or Africa in the last year has been really digging up an abundance of weird elongated skulls on tiny bodies that seem really um, just not right. They don't seem like babies. They don't seem like babies. No, they don't seem like fucked up baby heads. Well, you know there were different uh, human races. There were ones that, like, not, not. I don't want to sound offensive at all, but like little people. What we have is little Pig. people. They're saying Pig that. Take me, misfit. Yeah, there, there was, there was another. I don't want to say. There was, there was a branch off of human beings, whatever it may have been called at the time. We have Neanderthals and uh, Neanderthals and all that. Homunculus. So there, there was a shorter type of people that that, that was normal the height. Homunculus. That, yeah. It well, was an early race of people whose genes went into their hands and their feet and their brain because evolution did them bad. Right, but they were at because this all the reason I know a lot about this is when I looked up about the woolly mammoths when the extinction happened. Sure. And there's there's a big stamp timeline where they're saying, well, there's a lot of chaos that happened at because you had humans fighting within their own branches of, you know, family tree of you know again from with the Neanderthals and and the other that sort of just being at wit's end fighting Think of it as breeds. Yeah, essentially. So, but I guess these all these different types of human being species or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it were fighting so much that they were even at the point of being like cannibals where they would find these skulls like scooped out where they were just like kind of using the skull as a bowl. Sure. Um, but they, they find these odd shaped skulls relating to those types of different, you know, breeds, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. you know, these other types of species related off, but, uh, they don't know entirely. A lot of it's guesswork. Yeah. You know, but- <laughs> anything that old is fucking guesswork, but it's, they're finding, they're finding bones now. Mm. Is what I'm is what I'm like. Why weren't these found before? And like, why now? And also, like, how authentic? You have to know where to look. You have to think about the ease of manipulation at the time of the context of what you're of what you're digging up, because if they had the tools the tools to alter things like the Mayans did, then you know you could probably say most of it's bullshit. You know, most of the stuff going on there is manipulative. But if this is older, if any of this is older, then it's like that's something to think about. We're finding weird little bodies that don't quite make sense. And that's cool. <laughs> and that's cool. Because I always say this. I think I said it on the last Alien episode. And this is Alien Extra Terror Estrial Special Number 2. This is like part 2 of what I'm making. Like the Alien episodes with multiple people just talking about aliens. Extra Terror. Extra Terror Estrial. Extra Terror Estrial. Yeah. Terror in the uh. middle of extraterrestrial. Extra terror. This is extra terrible. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, that that is actually based off of um, a Disney ride in the 90s. Really? Uh, yeah, Iger really wanted to... No, not Iger. Um, fuck, I always forget his fucking name. Anyway, he he wanted to make the parks more adult-oriented, so they put a horror ride in Tomorrowland, and it was called uh, Alien Encounter, uh, A.E., and then it said underneath, it would call it the Extra Terrorestrial Experience, and you're just like, uh. <laughs> like, like, you know, it's like, but like, Shit you not, like, you could look this up, people. 
ride was nightmare inducing. Really? It placed you. Yeah, originally they wanted to buy the IP rights for Alien, and they still kind of did for uh, the great movie ride. But um, they wanted to make it Alien, which is cool, you know. Be a part of the crew of Alien and experience what you experience in that ride, which is like, you're strapped down, you have a teleporter in front of you, it's like Starship Troopers, they're like, we're gonna teleport this asshole president of the company in here real quick, and he's gonna, he's gonna do a show for all you fuckers. And he's like, here's the teleporter, here it comes, and uh, they get an alien instead. And they're like, that's not, <laughs> that's not the guy. Whoops. <laughs> and so you have to sit there and they're like, don't worry, <laughs> we won't raise the blast shields. We're not idiots. And they raise the blast shields <laughs> or it breaks through the blast shields. And all that you see are a bunch of like insect parts. That's, it's really, you could watch like a tape. People have recordings of it. It's like a giant centipede with a face and it has these big old pincers and big old mandibles and it's all shrouded in darkness. You're in a dark fucking room and you're just looking at this thing. And you're like, what? So anyway, <laughs> uh, the lights go out. They shut the lights out on the entire audience. And then you sit there in the dark and you hear noises and everyone's screaming and freaking out. And lights are going off. And they're like, you guys are fine. We have... And then they're like, get security in here. We need... Uh, these guys are going to fucking die. <laughs> like, that's, like, that's the ride. And you would hear, you would smell things, you would get squirted, like a security guy comes in, and he, like, there's a flashlight up top, it's just a guy acting. He walks through, and he's, like, dotsing around, he's like, I'll get the power back on in a jiffy, you, uh, you humans down there, you just stay, and then he's like, oh my god! <laughs> and then they shoot water at you, and it's supposed to, oh, it's his blood! Like, you stick your tongue out, you try to catch some of the gross sugar water on your on your tongue. Um, yeah, you know, they had cool effects. They made it seem like it was, uh, sitting on your shoulders at one point. It would, uh, it would pressure, add pressure to the shoulder restraints and you would be like, oh, it's, oh, it's on top of me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, yeah, they got, they got rid of that ride in like two years. It scared the shit out of everyone. Wow. And it is now, um, Stitch, but even that's getting shut down. Really? So, yeah, that's, 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 uh, that's lived its shelf life. They were, they didn't know what to put there at first. They emptied it out, and then Stitch came out in the early, um, I think they built it in 93, so they closed it after a year and a half, and then waited about eight eight years for Stitch to come out, and then they retooled the entire thing to be not as dark, to have a different alien, a fun alien, this time, and he instead uh, bounces around the audience, and you kind of laugh, and he like sits on your shoulder, and he's like, give me your chili dog. Except it's Stitch, so it's like, give me your chili talk. And then he Sick. like, <laughs> yeah. Santa and then chili. And then, you know, the, it's funny, it's Disney, so it's like, they put a black girl voice in your, in your ear, and it's like, that's my chili dog. And then he steals it, and he eats it, and he barfs in your face, and you smell chili dog. That's what they replace it with, people. It really smells like chili dog? Yeah. That's weird. It does. <laughs> it does. It smells like chili dog throw up, actually, because it's just the scent being puffed into your face. It smells like assholes. <laughs> it smells like assholes. So we lost the terrestrial experience for uh, kind of Stitch and the Great Asshole Escape. Um, fun times. Yeah, so that was, my, that was my history of alien experiences. And the explanation of the title of this dick fuck series... We, on our last episode, I had my buddy Crying Hawaiian here, and he, he got nice and stoned, and he doesn't like that I bring it up, so I'm going <laughs> to so talk about it a little bit. He, um, we got into theorizing, you know, we talked about 
he was like, <laughs> I pose the question to you now, gnarly Charlie. What, if you could ask or find out anything about aliens, if, like, you had the opportunity to ask an alien something, you know, what would it be for? What would you use it for? Would it just be for knowledge, or would you want them to provide you with something? Like, what would you ask? That's... That's a deep question. Yeah, that's not something I could just answer on the spot. I would have to think about that. See, what I said <laughs> What I said was, what, what do you guys get off to? You know, what do you masturbate to? <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's, the, uh, what's going on there? Do you guys have parts? Crying <laughs> yeah, Hawaiian felt real uncomfortable with that. So, <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, we also asked questions about uh, what, how do they uh, pass the time? <laughs> what are their hobbies? What do you think an alien does in its free time while it's flying through time and space? Do they play Pokemon? <laughs> do you think they play Pokemon? Do you think they know... Do they have real Pokemon? That's the question to ask Yeah, it's a real question, isn't it? No, we talked about the serious stuff, like... Do you think they exist? I do. Yes. Yeah. As I... do I. Uh, why do you think we do not have confirmation of it? Um, to keep the I people. Think, I think the un- no. I think the universe is a huge place, and we are a speck of dust on the beaches of the universe, and it's hard for them to stumble across us. No, I'm not saying that that's not the case. If we're able to see out to a certain distance and try to find host living planets, or planets that are able to provide for a host, I'm sure they could on a much grander scale, depending on if they're at that point or not. Uh, but I mean, I feel nothing. Just like us, I don't feel any of the living being is outside of turmoil, internal destruction, natural disasters where something could climb up the ladder of the evolution and get knocked right the fuck back down to ground zero and have to start all over again. I like to think of Mass Effect. I like to think of that explanation, like, I guess in a less funny way, the, like, South Park way, which is just like... Have we had the kind of footprint as a race to be heard from our location? Or to deserve it. Or to, yeah, Mass Effect goes more into deserving it. South Park kind of jokes on whether or not we deserve it. Um, In the earlier episodes, not in the the newer ones. They just kind of throw dick all out the window with the new ones. Um, No, it's like, I would like to, you know, the way I posed it in the first episode was... We as a human race are still a little too brazen and wild, and we just, like, higher beings come and take a look at us, and they probably just go, what are they doing with their mouths? They don't know how to read thoughts yet. (laughs) And then then they don't know how to not kill things to get by yet. I mean... You know, I think they see us eating the small fuzzy things, and they go, why the fuck? Why the fuck are they eating those? See, uh, I, I, I don't know. Again, that's it. They're each their own. I, if, if a being reaches a point where they're able to sustain themselves without farming or anything of that sort, sure. But I don't think anything can reach that point without having this step in its evolution. Because there's no way to sustain this mass of a growth But that's still an explanation because then they would look at us as their cavemen. They would say, oh, they're, yeah. not, they're not there yet. No, that's possible. It's but still it, the same point. They look at us and they go, oh. 
and then go in the like, opposite direction. Like 3D printing bagels on a space station. Yeah, like 3D printing <laughs> We could talk about that if you want. The um, It was the Super Bowl yesterday, and in the middle of the Super Bowl, a Cloverfield trailer came down for the for the third movie in the series, and naturally I turned to you, and I was like, we're going to watch that later, so we did. And it wasn't terrible. No, it had, it had some hiccups, but... It wasn't great, but no, it wasn't terrible. I didn't hate it. I'm just. I still need. I need more to understand. Yeah. Where the fuck there wasn't going. exactly a scope. They were basically just saying anything can happen in the universe of these movies. It just and really that, seems like that they like to do a whole movie with its own idea, and then right at the end go, "Hey, look, big monster." Hey, look, for it's the, a Cloverfield film. And then you're like, "Well, you know, you know, Ten Cloverfield Lane was originally a movie called The Cellar, and it was just supposed to be." the beginning of the movie um the middle of the movie and then when she gets out there's nothing it was just supposed to be she gets out and she could breathe and that immediately cut to black because he he the whole movie tells her there's a gas it'll kill her she sees someone out there who has been gassed and hasn't been doing well you know she has no reason to not believe john goodman's character yeah and then you know the the original ending is just she gets out and it's nighttime and she could breathe she turns to the right and she sees a car and then it was just supposed to like cut to black apparently that pissed people off it didn't review well um but you know there was a niche audience producers that said hey maybe film some extra stuff retool it we could we could fund it uh and get it back out there let's see what you got jj abrams steps in and goes hey i like this movie yeah but here's my thought if you want some more funding do this yeah and Cloverfield Paradox is very much the original movie God Particle, interstitched with scenes from Earth to link it yeah. to the Cloverfield universe. It you could see, you could see the shift in budget when it's the guy left on Earth. Yeah, dealing with when, he, the when girl. he walks up to the destroyed building, I was like, whoa, that doesn't. Look all the cl- all <laughs> the stuff all the stuff that makes it a Cloverfield movie. Is the stuff that happens on Earth. Yeah. The multiple universe Twilight Zone Black Mirror episode that is the rest of the movie. 90%. Is God Particle. Yeah. The the stuff with a universe trying to correct itself, you know, maybe not spoil too much of the movie if anyone hasn't seen it because it is enjoyable. Yeah. But, you know, we have to talk about the Cloverfield thing because it's, it's, I, it's forced on you there at the end. I just want to know where the monsters came from. <laughs> yeah, like, I was trying to explain to you. Yeah, I know. We watched it so late last night, too, like, after the Super Bowl, after getting home in a snowstorm, you know, it's just like... There are only so many explanations, but it's basically the ones we... The, the one question we don't know an answer to and probably won't for a while is is clovey alien made or is clovey earth made yeah was it here the whole time or was it a plant that's that's the question because cloverfield lane is a universe where aliens exist and the cloverfield universe is just where there are mon- there's a monster you know the the question is because there are 10 years apart between those movies and there's another three or four between Paradox. All these movies take place at the year that they come out. Cloverfield is dated. They use handy cams, no smartphones. 
Everything is very dated in that movie. Yeah. But there was still a monster. Okay? The events in Cloverfield Paradox say that the monsters don't get triggered until what happens in that movie. So that has to make it a prequel, essentially. No, because it takes place in 2018. Cloverfield is just a universe where that shit happened in 2008, in 2007. I just want to know when a monster <laughs> How? There are all these universes, and that's what the movie's trying to say, but Cloverfield Lane is the only one that's different by... By introducing aliens instead of the monster. Yeah, actual, like, invading... So, so now we're trying to find out is, were the monsters sent as guard dogs, or were the monsters a breed of alien? You know, is this is this an invasion, or was this us? Yeah, it's just, it's so... That's the question. And I appreciate it, and it's not, it's not like I want it answered in the sense... Well, not that oh, it well, matters. I, no, the only reason I'm... I'm, I'm putting my like my facts into it is because I played the ARGs for Cloverfield and for Cloverfield Lane. Like I read the documents, I know the fake the like the canon, it's canon information, but like the fake things they made for the game that link to the rest of the universe. Like I know an oil rig was destroyed by Clovey off the off the coast of New York weeks before New York got fucked by Clovey. And it was all because the company that John Goodman worked for in 10 Cloverfield Lane dug too deep in the ocean and fucked something up. But, you know, a lot of people say it's a satellite from that company that fell into the ocean and woke the baby up, and that its parents were the thing that fucked up the oil drill. Who the fuck knows? So that would be like um, Pacific Rim. To put Correct. a hole in the ocean and sure. And, per- uh, Pacific Rim is saying they're interdimensional aliens, but they're coming from under the ocean. But they're coming from a rift in the ocean. Yeah, I don't know if there's a portal or if or if Clovey's just been always at the bottom of the ocean. I mean, we got submarines, man. I think we would have found that shit, dude. No, <laughs> no, man. I would say more than fifty percent of the ocean is undiscovered. Oh, more. I think it's more than that. I think they said we know more about our solar system than we do about our own ocean. I think that's just a hyperbole, but sure. I mean, I agree with it. You know, you think about think about the fucking ten foot tall snow crabs outside uh, Japan. Cool. You know, you could see those maybe seventy feet down. Just think, ten foot tall crab. What if they all just decide to come onto land one day? What if pressure just allowed them to overtake <laughs> Japan? And giant crab monsters just put crab people. people yeah, crab exactly. people. You know, it's just shit like that. It's just like... I just want to see kaijus, man. Yeah. And, you know, Pacific Rim Uprising looks weird. I just don't like the two... I know, we talked about this. I'm we sorry. talked about this but already. I just don't like it's the... not quite horror-related. Cloverfield is very horrific. It's a it's a found-footage film about a Godzilla monster attacking New York. It it's was very, good. It's very sad and very good. And there's good. tiny little I liked, monsters that I liked a lot explode. of it. People, ex- people... The cam could have been less shaky. I agree. No. The, um, the plot could have been trimmed. Maybe a little bit. Sure. I like the kind of, let's try this, fuck. Let's try this, fuck. Let's try this, fuck kind of way that the movie because it's, a little bit it's realistic. realistic yeah nobody has an answer everyone tries their best <laughs> that's why that's why I like that movie I, still like, that. I like Cloverfield Lane for completely different reasons because it's an actual movie it's a good movie and John Goodman's the best he's really good and Mary Elizabeth Winstead is hot <laughs> so and John Gallagher Jr uh, the killer from Hush 
and my favorite Broadway musical. He's a great guy. Yeah. So he needs to be in more movies. Fun times. That was a good movie. Uh, in this in this episode, we're gonna be uh, reading a story. Uh, it's called "There's Something Wrong with My Dad," or "Pop Pop <laughs> Faja." I don't know what it. Padre. I don't know what it's Padre. I don't know what it is. Um, the reason we stumbled on it is because both you and I, uh, and Scotch McGee, he loves this movie. He and I watched this his first episode, um, and just talked about it for a little bit. The thing, you know. The Alien movie to make you really, really think about Alien movies. Yeah. At least I think so. That's how I'd describe it. It's a solid movie. It comes up in episode 37, which is Dogscape. We we can't let people forget about Dogscape. That's a fun episode. Um, We also read Chuck Palahniuk's Guts at the beginning of that episode, so I can understand why people probably wouldn't go to that episode. Um, Because that's a story about... Buttholes. (laughs) Buttholes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Have you ever listened to Guts? Nope. Oh man, it's about so. it's about the bad things that can happen when you're trying to get off. And then the second story we read in that episode is Dogscape, so it's probably not a great episode. Uh, but I keep trying to convince Django and parts of myself that it is a good episode. The Thing is a great horror movie. It was late '80s, mid '80s, mid to late. Oh, that was a remake, wasn't it? Of a 50s film called Who Goes There? Yes. The no, f- I wasn't trying to correct you. I just wanted no, to... No, you're, you're correct. <laughs> I think I brought it up at some point, but if I didn't, that's the citation. Uh, Who Goes There was a black and white 50s film where it was more so a person yeah, that... Like a humanoid thing. Yeah, he's just a big guy with bug eyes that people will turn into if they're found out. It's not so much... A horrific experience where you are tricked as a viewer, which I think John Carpenter did splendidly. Oh yeah. With I believe it was eighty nine or eighty eight, um, the thing, which is the remake. Yep. Um, there was another one that came out in two thousand eleven that I think was shit on a little bit. Too I didn't much. think it was bad. I liked it. It takes place before the uh, eighty nine film. Oh my god, that ending with the dog. It's great. And then, and then it's I filmed exactly like the opening. Yeah, of, and I literally went and rewatched that one, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's a dog!" <laughs> it plays, it plays in seamlessly, and it's and it's really fun. It's a really fun movie, but the classic, of course, is the '89 film that came out, I think, the same year as ET, which is why people didn't like it. They they had just seen ET as like a friendly alien, as like what the studios can do. To really make a fuck ton of money that, the, that deals with aliens. The thing was graphic, too. And then the thing was... The thing gave people nightmares. Yeah. So people just immediately uh, hated it. A lot of practical words People just hated it. get deep in your soul when you see, like, a head tearing off a body. Yeah, and to this day, I think uh, it was either Baker or Botten who did um, special effects on that film that... Uh, I believe it was Rob Bond. Oh man, the stuff he does in that film is just great. And it was all on a strict budget too. The studio wasn't funding them. They had a lot of shitty reshoots. And the stuff they did in that movie, they deserved so much more than what they got. And they got like laughed at. And now it's a fucking cult classic. Now it's brought up all the time as like a missed as like a missed film that just maybe came out too early. Just at yeah. the wrong time. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to come around in an era where mm-hmm. you have a lot of these upcoming things like Aliens and Predator and all that, mm-hmm. you know, started coming up in the, you know, the 80s. And uh, you're trying to come out with something that kind of makes the original Alien movie come back home 
but on a little bit more of an intense scale. Yeah. You know, obviously. But uh, like you said, it absolutely goes to the point where you can't come out with a blockbuster movie like E.T. Yeah. And then have the opposite side of that same coin taken to the max. We are like, happy little alien with a kid, and he makes the mm-hmm. bicycle fly, and he puts a <laughs> finger up his butthole. And then, <laughs> and, then, and, then, <laughs> and then you have, you know, the thing, which is crazy oh, dogs and, like, spider heads crawling all over the place. Yeah, know? that scene. That scene. That's the, just the best. The dog part gets you. Especially in the re- dog that, part's that real. one was pretty good. Dog, dog part's real nuts, too. Uh, the uh, the 2011 one loses you a little bit because they had the funding for all the practical effects. They even built some of them, mm. and they didn't use them. They decided to go with Amalgamated, which is the CGI company that did the CGI for numbers of other, I think, a uh, couple Lord of the Rings movies. And uh, it was okay. And, you know, it makes the seamlessness of the transformation look cool in the 2011 film, but it also just looks a little bit faker. I think you you get a lot of studio influence with that because they're like, CGI, CGI. They absolutely said that. They they said "Mm, the first film didn't quite have the budget, but that's what makes the practical effects. You know, they look real because they are real. Especially if you have the budget to put behind. And now, and now you're telling me 2011 that they would go, they would much rather go CGI because it's cheaper and easier to do. And you're just like, shit. Mm-hmm. That movie could have been different. Yeah, that movie could have been real different. Uh, go to YouTube, people. Go to YouTube and watch the watch what they did with the screen tests for the real effects. They did the um the two headed guy. Mm-hmm. That scene is awesome because that's that's what they take back in the helicopter uh, the first time in in the thing movie. You know that's those two guys' bodies morphed together. It's just fucking nuts, and they they do that scene perfectly. But they don't have a, they don't have what, it looked like I Am Legend, you know? It didn't look like the thing. Yeah. You know, you could just tell when something was inhuman and totally replicated. And the first one makes you feel dirty. The first one's like, ooh, that's gooey. (laughs) That's gooey, that's slimy. Why is it so slimy? You know what that kind of reminds me of, since being obsessed with video games, did you ever play Parasite Eve? Um, like Resident Evil style game. Now it was way more in depth than like the movie The Thing, but the way things get infected and the sliminess and the way things yes. kind of mutate and get controlled. I, I didn't. Like I didn't play it, but I watched Super Best Friends. Okay. Super Best Friends did a shitstorm episode about Parasite. Yeah, it's pretty deep. The first one, it gets straight off, obviously, with two and three. There's a whole kind of mitochondria sure. spell behind everything. But uh, the the aspect of, like, this gooey kind of substance that could take things over, I mean, even to the point where, like, it takes over the, the, a T-Rex skeleton in a museum, mm-hmm. and that kind of becomes a boss. I always thought, <laughs> when I first saw that game, I was like, oh, no shit, like, this, I, I know what this looks like, I know you got some of your inspiration, because, you know, it's obviously, again, not to the same point, but that made me think of that a lot. Absolutely. Did you game. know that they made a thing... PS2 game. Yep, played it. That takes place as Kurt Russell's character at the end of the first movie. No, I played one where you go in as a like a spec ops squad team. Oh, okay. And you could go in and you could actually find all of Kurt Russell's audio logs. Nice. Yeah, that one was pretty cool. That one kind of got rough though because it like plays off characters' sanity, or when you get attacked, like they start to go crazy, and you got to calm them down, otherwise they go nuts. Okay, that's a little. Uh, I never, I never knew about the one that he plays. Sure. Um, maybe I just got that wrong. 
No, maybe there was more than one game, or maybe that's the only one that I knew. Or maybe I'm just wrong. Um, Either way, we need to get into the story (laughs) now. But this one's called "There's Something Wrong with That." We're just gonna read this over the over the next, you know, however long we read this for. There's something wrong with Dad. What does that title make you think? Other than the thing. Why doesn't Dad come in a room at night when Mommy goes to sleep? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That's probably not. No, good. <laughs> it's not. We're trying to make people uncomfortable here. There's something wrong with Dad. Fifteen years ago, something terrible happened to my family. It's taken a lot of therapy and drugs to help me cope with it. Yeah, it did. I still think about those days a lot. Mostly the drugs. I can't seem to get some of the images out of my mind. They scare me. They keep me up at night. I want to forget, but I, I can't seem to. My therapist told me I should write it all out. Of course she did. Because that would serve the collective on Reddit. Tell us more, dude. Sleepy fuckers. <laughs> she said that it would help purge some of these memories. I'm not sure if I believe her, but I'm going to try. I have to. I need peace of mind. I can't keep living like this. A couple things you need to know before I begin. One. My family didn't believe in technology. What's those fools? <laughs> what? Those cavemen. Oh my god, are they Amish? Maybe. We didn't have a TV, a computer, a phone, anything. My dad believed those things would rot your brain out, and he was always happy to tell people just that. Two. That's an asshole. My family, <laughs> two. My dad's a fuck. <laughs> my family didn't like to be bothered. Our house was out in the hills, down a dirt road. We didn't have neighbors. We didn't have company. It was just us. My mom, my dad, and my brother Jay. Mm. That sounds nightmarish. My mom homeschooled us, and my dad would take his truck into town to work at the bank. Wait. He works at the bank? Sure. So they're Jewish. No. Alright. I wouldn't say we were an unhappy family. My mom, Anne. They're on a first-name basis. Uh-oh. Was caring, kind, and had a passive way of dealing with things. She was a soft-spoken, submissive woman. My brother Jay was two years younger than me. I love my brother. He was a troublemaker, and I constantly had to cover for him, hiding some of his more mischievous actions from our parents. And then there was my father, Henry. He was an old-fashioned kind of man, strict but honest. He believed in a moral code, believed in being an upstanding example, and was a hard-working provider for our small family. That was before everything went bad. That was before my father changed. I was sitting at the breakfast table, happily munching my toast. My six-year-old brother sat across from me, slurping down his milk. My father walked into the kitchen and asked Jay to stop being so rude before going to my mother and pecking her on the cheek. Bidding her good morning. Wait, why was Jay being so rude? He's slurping your milk, son. <laughs> you gotta take your time, cause I'm calling, I'm calling milk. I'm, I'm calling my semen milk lately. <laughs> <laughs> Come get your milk. Come get your milk, son. Here comes the milk man. <laughs> I was walking around Walmart earlier. <laughs> calling myself the milk man. Uh, my mother smiled and helped him with his tie, telling him his lunch was packed for the day and to come home safe. My dad threw on his sports jacket and grabbed his briefcase. Why, I'm, why does he have a sports jacket? You live like a... You live like you're in the fucking stone times. I don't understand. Alright. He grabbed his briefcase from the kitchen counter, he ruffled my hair, and leaned down next to me and said, You're a simple, kind of stupid little kid. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have no idea what the outside world is like, and I'm, I'm living you up like this for your betterment, I suppose. 
No, that's not what he said. He said... <laughs> would have been better. You, it would have been. It would have made plot sense. Are you going to be good for your mom today, champ? Oh, wait. Okay. All right. Are you going to be good for your mom today, champ? Champ sport? He asked. <laughs> this close. I can smell his cologne. His freshly shaved face. At least they spelled a cologne in that color. Cologne. <laughs> he was always a good-looking man, tall, dark, with broad shoulders. That's weird. I'd always looked up to him and admired his physicality. Okay, this is getting weird. I don't know about this. Yeah, one. Dad. I'll be good. Oh, Jesus. I answered, smiling. My dad went to my brother and asked him the same. My brother shrugged his shoulders, a goofy grin on his face. One of his front teeth was loose and it was stuck out in an angle. <laughs> we called him. <laughs> we called him. <laughs> I can't think of... <laughs> Just let it go. Just yeah, let that one go. No. I wanted to think of something good, but I couldn't. The object of much fruitless wiggling. At that point, I'd probably just p pull it out, right? You know, I would. I would didn't deal with that shit as a kid. Just give him, give him a good slap across the face. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe today that'll come out. My dad said, examining. Maybe today that'll come out. My dad said, examining. It. <laughs> said the milkman. <laughs> <laughs> he kissed Jay on the forehead and said goodbye to my mother, blowing her a kiss, and was out the door. As I finished my toast, I heard him fire up the truck and back it down the gravel driveway. My mother began cleaning up the breakfast dishes, telling Jay and I to finish up and fetch her school books. I hated school, as all children do. I thought it was boring and a waste of time. How do you know all children hate school? He doesn't... He's homeschooled. He doesn't know any children. He said they don't have neighbors. He said he never goes into town. How does he know what other children... Anyway, I thought it was boring and a waste of time. Woods and hills were more interesting to me than words. Pencils. Pencils. Pencil. Groaning, I brushed the crumbs from my shirt and motioned for Jay to come with me to our room to collect our school supplies. The day passed like so many before it. Jay and I sat at the kitchen table doing our schoolwork, listening to our mother and trying not to die of boredom. At lunch, my mother made us peanut butter sandwiches and we were allowed to go outside for an hour. This was always my favorite part of the school day. Jay and I bound from our house and went to the woods. We climbed trees, threw rocks at each other, and then finally took turns rolling down the grassy hill we lived on. Oh, splendid! I remember how warm it was that day, the June heat, foreshadowing an even hotter July. We heard our mother calling us back in and we obeyed, stealing ourselves for the final stretch of schoolwork. Hours seemed like years in that kitchen, but three o'clock always came. When the hands on that old clock made a right angle, we were allowed to close our books for the day. That evening, <coughs> Jay and I decided to make paper airplanes on the living room floor as my mother prepared supper. I remember the delicious smell wafting through the house as we folded newspapers into planes. Jay had just finished his first one, holding it up proudly when Dad came home. From the second he walked into the door, I knew it was going to be a bad night. Oh, shit. Oh, those are the worst, He aren't smelled they? it on his breath. You just hear, like, everything shakes. You're just like, You're like oh! Butthole clenches up. Like, no! <laughs> Tight butthole. <laughs> Tight butthole. We all have those memories of our fathers, probably when his temper got the better of him, and everyone was on eggshells. This was different, though. There was an aura of tension around him that we had never seen before. He didn't say anything when he walked in, just tossed his coat over the back of the chair and put his briefcase down. My mother turned from the stove and smiled at him, welcoming him home and asking how his day was. Dad said nothing, just going to the sink and filling a glass of water. He drained it in one long gulp and set the glass down. He turned to Jay and I, 
something hard and dark in his eyes. What are you doing? <laughs> yes. His tone so sh- All right, yeah, I'm going to let you do those, because I think this is going to get good. What are you doing? <laughs> What's the What are you doing? <laughs> he asked, his tone sharp. Look, Dad, it's a B-50 shoe bomber. The kind of went over Japan, you know. Oh, shit. Oh, Jay, shit. <laughs> Jay said proudly, swooping his paper airplane, shouting out Nagasaki. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. My father took a step forward suddenly and snatched it from his hand, examining it. He lowered the plane and stared at us. Is, is this the paper I was reading this morning? I swallowed. Yep. Dad was in a bad mood. I told them they could use it. I thought you were finished reading it. After you took that hour-long <laughs> shit. My yeah. mother intervened. My dad turned to her. Well, maybe you should ask me next time. Do you think you can handle that? My mom blinked. I'm sorry, honey. I didn't think it was a big deal. Ooh. Somebody's not getting a diddly. My dad said nothing, just pulled the kitchen chair out and sat down watching us. I felt uncomfortable. I felt like he was looking for an excuse to be angry. He wasn't usually like this, but there had been a time or two his anger had gotten the better of him. For the most part, though, he wasn't a violent or even loud person. Bad day at the bank, dear. My mother asked, stirring a pot full of sauce she was preparing. My dad looked at her. I had the worst day. I've ever had. <laughs> ever! He shook his head. You can't even imagine. None of you can. The things I go through to put food on this table. You know how hard it is handling that cocaine money? <laughs> My mother turned and frowned. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Can I get you a beer? Dad nodded. My mom went to the fridge and pulled one out, handing it to him and putting a hand on my dad's shoulder reassuringly. My dad went to twist off the top, but pulled his hand away with a snarl. Ow! Shit! <laughs> of course it's not a twist top. Why would it be? I could see a drop of blood coming from my dad's hand where the cap had cut him. I began to look for an excuse to leave the room before dinner. Relax, dear. <laughs> Relax, dear! Oh. I'll get you a bottle opener. My mom said, trying to cool his rising temper. My dad shook his head. Oh, don't bother! Raising his arm, he smashed the neck of beer against the table and shattered it. Poured the beer from the fragmented neck into a glass before tossing the empty one towards the trash can. It missed and shattered on the floor. Henry! My mother said, her voice a soft hiss. (laughs) My dad took a long pull and set the glass down hard on the table. Maybe next time you should get the twist off caps. Maybe you should think about me every once in a while. Mom's got to start stirring this sauce pot. <laughs> start stirring Bringing that, that sauce. sauce back. Not wanting to fight, my mom quietly turned around and continued making dinner. See? Get back to that Make sauce get pot. Get back to that sauce. <laughs> my dad took another drink from the glass and looked at Jay and I. I quickly looked down at my half-made paper plane and mindlessly fiddled with it. I didn't want him to even know I existed right now. Tommy. <laughs> 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 that glass shot. Tommy. My dad called me. My heart froze. I looked up at him, panicked. Were you good today? He asked. Was Tommy a good boy for Mommy? His voice was condescending and his eyes bore into me. I nodded. He drained the rest of his beer staring at me before putting it down and muttering, You better have been. You better have been. (laughs) As my brother and I tried to melt into the floor, my dad stood and went to the bedroom to get changed out of his work clothes. I let out a sigh of relief and looked at Jay. He grimaced at me and shook his head. 
his loose tooth jutting from his upper lip. Be good tonight, I whispered urgently to him. Be good tonight, bitch. I picked up my plane and decided to stash in my bedroom. I didn't want to give my dad any excuse to flip out tonight. Out of sight, out of mind. That's a good idea, kid. As I walked down the hallway towards my bedroom, I passed my parents' room. I glanced inside and saw my dad. He was standing beside the bed, shirtless and facing a door for yeah, a split good, yeah. second. Yeah. I froze, yeah. expecting him to bark at me for something, but then I saw his hands over his eyes, his elbows jutting away from his body. He didn't move a muscle, he just stood like that silently, like he had been turned to stone. I didn't know what to make of it, the odd display unnerving me. I didn't stick around to find out what he was doing exactly, and quickly scooted down the hall to my room. I deposited my plane on my dresser, just as I heard my mom call everyone for supper. Jay and I trotted to the table as my mom placed down a steaming bowl of hot spaghetti. <laughs> spaghetti and meatballs! Who can make this game so easy? <laughs> Smelling Is that of... a pro <laughs> Smelling of garlic and basil, Jay rubbed his stomach and swooned, expressing to mom how hungry he was. I took my place at the table next to him as my father went into the kitchen. I just thought about, like, a six-year-old kid just going... <laughs> just like, just oh! <laughs> says he swooned, expressing the mom. I'm so hungry. The spaghetti. The spaghetti and meatballs. Wordlessly, he took a seat at the head of the table opposite my mother, who shot him a cautious glance. He folded his hands and turned to me. Why don't you say grace for us tonight, Tommy? I nodded and closed my eyes, locking my fingers together. Dear Jesus, thank... I jumped. As my dad slammed his hands down on the table. That's probably gonna come through terrible. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Jay let out a little squawk. Squeak, squeak, squawk, squeak, say And my mom visibly flinched. Oh, oh gosh, you've scared mom. What's wrong with you? My dad leaned towards me. Now, Tommy, how do you expect Jesus to hear you when he talks so softly? <laughs> Start over, but louder. I thought God was inside of us. Why did we have to talk so loud, Father? Dad, Jesus can hear you from wherever you are. My heart was thundering in my chest, and it took conscious effort to keep my voice from shaking. My father's outburst was so sudden and out of character for him that I didn't know how to respond. I lowered my head and began again. Dear Jesus, thank you for the food, and thank you for Mom who made it. After <laughs> I added... And thank you for Dad who goes to work for it. Amen. <laughs> Get that shit done. Mom echoed my... Amen. And told me that it was a nice prayer. Jay was staring at my dad. It was good. That was nice and quick. Anise blooming in his eyes. Dad looked at the bowl of spaghetti. And I saw his jaw clench. Like a tiny little bowl. This again. I guess it's not your fault, Anne, that you can't cook anything but noodles. It's not like your family had the money to send you to college to make something of yourself. Oh, God, man, this guy's nuts. My mom looked up at him, shock rippling across her face. My dad met her stare, his face carved from stone. He was daring her to say something to him, anything. Wisely, my mom lowered her eyes and began spooning out some steaming spaghetti. That's some mom spaghetti right there. Mm, sounds good. G immediately dug into his, twirling his fork around the sauce and noodles and shoving them hungrily into his mouth. I winced as he slurped down a mouthful, causing a red gravy to squirt from his lips. My dad turned to him, his eyes ice. Jay, what have I told you about being rude at the table? Jay froze, fork halfway to his mouth. Uh. He stuttered, mind blanking. My dad curled his finger at him. Come here, 
now. Get over here. Get over here. I felt my heart sink into my guts and turn to rot. I was breathing heavily, not wanting my brother to be in any kind of trouble. I watched as he slid from his chair, fear in his eyes. Bring me your plate, he said in that same iron voice. Jay turned and took his plate, slowly walking it over and stand in front of my father. My father looked him over, shaking his head, his mouth twisted into a grimace. I didn't raise a pig, he said darkly. But if you insist on being one, you're gonna eat like what? He suddenly grabbed Jay's plate and threw it on the floor, shattering it and spraying spaghetti everywhere. I jumped in my seat again, forcing my eyes away and praying I'd disappear. My mom gasped, and her mouth fell open. My dad pointed to the floor. Go ahead, son. If you're so desperate to be a barnyard animal, you can eat like what? Oh, man, that's rough. That's rough times. Jay looked at my mom. I could tell he was on the brink of crying, unsure what to do, begging someone for help. Henry, don't you think you're overreacting a little bit? My mom ventured timidly. My dad slammed his hands down again, his voice rising. And if you don't raise these kids to be great, hate it when the wind blows north. Everyone paused. A chance to glance at my dad. What? It sounded like he had switched sentences midway through. My mom said nothing, waiting for her husband to continue. Jay sniffled beside me, and I reached out a hand and took his, squeezing it gently. My dad blinked, and one of his eyes rolled up into his head and then righted itself. It happened so fast, I almost didn't see it. He cleared his throat and gave his head a quick shake. <clears throat> My father blinked a few more times and then looked at me and Jay. He saw me holding his hand, and Jay on the brink of tears. Tommy, let go of your brother's hand, he said his eye twitching slightly. I obeyed, our sweaty palms separated. <laughs> I watched my father, food forgotten, my throat dry and mouth parched. I didn't understand why he was acting like this. I had never seen him this hostile towards us. I knew that sometimes when he had a bad day at work, he came home frustrated, but never like this. What happened today? My father looked at me in my seat, waving Jay to sit back down. Tommy, your brother was being punished. Do you know why I punish you boys? It's so that you understand right from wrong. Now I just saw you trying to comfort your brother. He leaned toward me, his breath hot. That tells me you're on his side. That tells me you think it's okay to act like a pig at my table. I shook my head frantically. No, I, I just wanted... My dad cut me off with a wave of his hand. Stop! I don't want to have to punish you for lying as well. He patted the tabletop. Put your hand on the table. Shot my mom a terrified look, begging her for help. Her eyes were wide, her face was pale. She didn't know how to react. Had never seen her husband so cruel and sharp with us. She was speechless, afraid to say something that would antagonize my dad further. On the table. My dad repeated, his voice hardening. Hand shaking, I placed it on the table, palm down. Jay had started to cry next to me, tears dripping from his cheeks. My dad picked up his fork. Henry! My mom whispered, her eyes wide. I looked at my dad, fighting back my own tears, fear choking me. My father gripped the fork. You need to understand that. He suddenly stopped, coughing hard and then grasped in a dry voice. <laughs> Don't you hate the wind in the north? He dropped the fork on the table, his mouth fell open. His tongue stretched to his chin, his eyes began to twitch rapidly. 
He rubbed it viciously, closing his mouth and gritting his teeth. None of us moved, paralyzed by the odd display. Had no idea what he was talking about or why he was acting like this. Something was wrong with him. That much was clear. After a few seconds, my dad lowered his hand from his face and smiled at all of us. I think you boys understand now. Remember what I said. We won't have to do that again, okay? Jay and I nodded vigorously, desperate to get away from the tension, the table, and all of this. I felt like I was stuck in some alternate reality, a nightmare, a wish just waiting to wake from. My dad pointed to the floor. Tommy, could you please clean that up? As I scrambled to comply, he turned his eyes to my mother, looking her up and down where she sat. He began to twirl a spoon in his hand, and he got a strange look in his eyes. It was as if he was evaluating her as a person, taking in all our physical features. As I was scraping globs of spaghetti in the trash, I heard my father say, Jay, can you go around to the back of the house and get me a brick? I heard my brother get up and open the side door to the outside, the hinges creaking in a familiar way. Henry, what? what's wrong? I heard my mother ask in a hushed voice. Even as I sponged up the mess, I could hear the fear in her voice. My dad didn't respond. I finished wiping the sauce from the floor just as Jay shuffled back into the house. He, had, he held a brick in his hand, dirt staining his fingers. With the downcast eyes, he brought it to my father, placed it on the table next to him. My dad turned to the, to the both of us, his voice cold steel. Now both of you go to your room for the night. I'm going to fuck your mother. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not making that up, people. That's literally that's, what he that's, says. That's the line. I wish, I wish it was a joke. It's not. No, no you want me to say it? You go back on this one. <laughs> You're doing well. I want you to roll with it. I heard my mom gasp as Jay and I turned away. She was like, oh, finally? Oh, it's been so it's long. Been years. <laughs> it's been years. Have me. I took my brother's hand in mine, heart racing. I was terrified. I rarely heard my dad use that kind of language before, never in such an abrasive manner. As we quickly walked to our room, I looked at Jay and saw his face was a mess of snot, drool, and tear-streaked terror. His eyes were wet and wide with confusion. He didn't understand any of this, didn't understand why his father was being so mean to him. I didn't either, and so I gave his hand a little squeeze, unsure what else to do. We closed the door to our bedroom and stared at each other. We could hear our dad yelling loudly in the kitchen, his voice rising. Jay covered his ears and ran to his bed, collapsing into his pillow. I went to him and put a hand on his back as he cried his sobs muffled in the cotton. Then I heard my mom start to scream. I felt tears spill from my eyes and I began to hyperventilate, each breath a desperate attempt for oxygen. I covered my ears and squeezed my eyes shut as something crashed to the floor in my kitchen. More banging followed as all the while my mother continued to shriek, her voice rising to an inhuman level. There was an agony in her cries along with fear and I kept waiting for her to stop. But she didn't. Um, she might be being uh, assimilated. But why did he ask for a brick? To kill her. Oh, well, yeah, but... Get rid of the body and you can replace it with, uh... A brick? <laughs> this is your... This is your mother now! She... She listens to me! It kept going. And going. And going. And going. And going. And going. Jay was weeping now, shaking his head into his pillow, trying to block out the sound. His whole body was shaking, and it sounded like he was having trouble breathing. I laid down next to him and clutched his body to mine, my own tears spilling into his hair. Gross. 
I didn't know what else to do. Didn't know when this horrible nightmare would end. What if my dad stopped fucking my mom? He's <laughs> like an animal. I heard another crash as something shattered in the kitchen. I heard my mother howling and the screech of table legs on the hardwood floor. Well, that one's understandable. I heard Jay praying to God, his voice trembling. I clutched him tighter, realizing that I was sobbing as well. My whole body felt like it was a quivering mass of jello. My muscles weak and useless. I was more terrified than I'd ever been in my life. Finally, my mother stopped screaming. A soft hush fell over the house. I didn't hear anything except the blood pumping in my ears. Jay had quieted to a series of soft sniffles, his face still buried in the pillow. I looked up from the bed, staring at the closed bedroom door. I begged it to remain shut. I heard movement in the house, footsteps that came down the hall and stopped on the other side of the house in my parents' bedroom. I heard shuffling, and then a door shut. I waited. I prayed. Jay shifted next to me, and I told him to be quiet, wiping tears from his face and holding him close. More footsteps in the house, heavy, slow paces. I thought for sure my mom was dead. People didn't scream like that and live. Our bedroom door opened. Jay let out a little scream and shrunk into me as my dad entered. He was crawling on all fours, his mouth hanging open, drool running down his chin. His eyes rolled back into his head. He shuffled side to side across the floor, slowly opening and closing his mouth, spittle leaking from his face. He was blinking rapidly. One of his eyes rolled forward to stare at us. After a few seconds, he coughed, hacking up phlegm, growling. He wiped his lips and stood, looking down at us, cowering on the bed. Come with me, he said, his voice a low rattle on his chest. I didn't move. Jay shrunk further against me. I could feel his body shaking against mine, sweat beating on his skin. My dad took a step towards us. Get up, both of you, right now. Where's mom? I asked, voice trembling. He was standing in front of us now. She's resting. She had a long day. Now get up. Jay shifted against me, and then he was sliding to the floor. Without much choice, I followed his example. <laughs> I could walk around like a crab too. <laughs> My dad placed a hand on each of our shoulders and guided us towards the door. As we were directed through the house, I listened for my mother. <laughs> I just see him like seeing the brick and being like, Mom, you're alright. <laughs> uh, what, what had he done to her? Where was she? Was she dead in the bedroom? I didn't hear anything. No clues as to her condition or where she was. We entered the kitchen. I saw that the table was pressed against the cabinets and a few of the dinner glasses lay shattered on the floor. I expected to see blood smeared across the floor dripping down the surfaces, but there was none. At least, that was until I saw the brick. Mom! Mom! <laughs> Why are you bloody? It had been placed on the counter by the sink. Half of it was soaked with thick, oozing blood. I mean, did he fuck her with the brick? When I saw it, I felt my body tense up. My dad must have felt the change in my stance because his grip tightened on my shoulder. Jay was sniffling beside me, his eyes cast down, refusing to look up and potentially see the horrors my father had bestowed on my mother. My dad pushed us through the side door outside. The night air was humid and sticky on the skin. A fat yellow moon hung in the sky like an out-of-place Christmas ornament. Stars twinkled across the black canvas, and my ears were filled with the sound of chirping night critters. Contrary to inside, everything felt alive out here, pulsing in unison to the night's dark heartbeat. We were led around the back of the house toward our old shed. 
My dad didn't keep much out here, just a few tools and a rickety lawnmower, both of which weren't used much throughout the year. I didn't like the shed. Something always... something about it always haunted me. At night, as I lay in bed, I would imagine some creature hiding inside, waiting until I fell asleep before emerging and creeping into my room to watch me. Ooh. Jay and I... No, that's just the neighbor. <laughs> Jay and I jerked to a halt as my dad squeezed our shoulders. Wait here, he said, his voice sounding far away and strange. Wait here! <laughs> I, glanced, <laughs> I glanced over my shoulder and saw he was rubbing his eyes. I want to go back in. I want mom... Jay sobbed, wiping his nose with the back of his hand. You can go in when... Came up and traveled in the wind. My dad said, his sentence fracturing into two nonsensical statements. He coughed hard and stuck his tongue out like he had a bad taste on it. I saw a shudder rack his body and he looked like he was about to gag. He gained control of himself with a quick shake of his head, closing his mouth so hard his teeth clicked together. I watched as he came around us and walked towards the shed. He looked back, making sure we were obeying, and then went inside. Jay looked at me, his eyes full of fear. He expected me to have some kind of explanation, an answer to the madness that surrounded us. I couldn't summon the words to comfort him, didn't know what combination of soothing syllables I could possibly string together to calm his terror. What is he going to do to us? He whispered, the warm moonlight shining in his eyes. It's, gonna, it's going to be okay. I said softly, the word tasting like a lie. We heard movement from the shed, our father's actions hidden behind the closed door. All right, um, why wouldn't... Would you book it? I'd book it. Where are you going to go as, like, little kids, though? They said they're, like, miles away from everything. Sure. That's just... Um, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm good at hiding. Yeah, I, I, would, I would go... I guess I would go into the woods... Maybe think of a place I would know, but my my dad wouldn't, because he's always at work. I have all this time in the woods. I have to have a place. You would think, but... You know? You, at least I did. You gotta do something eventually. No, I'm real good at hiding and then staying quiet. I mean, maybe with a little brother that doesn't stop crying, it would be tough, but... Yeah. I'd cover his mouth there's, or there's fucking so, kill him or something. If you get away, how long is it gonna take you to get somewhere to get help is my thought on this. Well, whatever is going on seems like a like a thing like it's happening be mm. because of like he's reached a point where he can now do this mm. so like I don't think he's gonna be hanging around I no. think like it's only a matter of time until someone comes and sees what he did yeah well. okay <laughs> a warm breeze stirred the distant trees and the night was filled with the sound of rustling leaves my hair danced across my forehead in the wind and I begged to blow away with it Jay and I remained frozen in place, neither of us knowing which would be worse, facing whatever my father was preparing or running away, and facing the wrath that came after. It's not like we had anywhere to run. Where could we possibly go? Who could we flee to? Our minds were trapped inside our youth, doomed to the almighty authority of our father. So that kind of answers that question. It does, but I mean... No, I understand. Animal instinct, fight or flight, like it all comes down to that in a predator situation. Mm -hmm. The shed door opened, snapping me out of my thoughts. My dad stepped back into the night, his figure draped in shadows and dark moonlight. Both of you, get inside, he ordered. Jay grasped my arm as we shuffled forward, our father stepping aside to let us pass. The smell of rotting wood and old grass assaulted senses, and I rubbed my hand across my nose, trying to scrub the stench away. My dad had illuminated the cramped space with an old electric lantern, it sat on the workbench on the right, our small lawnmower catching the light on its dull metal surface. 
tools piled around the lantern, an array of rusted hammers, screwdrivers, and pliers. I couldn't remember the last time my dad had actually used any of them. But all of that was seen with a passing glance. That wasn't what held my attention. Something else did, my eyes drawn to it like fire and gasoline. Jay's fingernails dug into my skin as he saw it too, his breath catching in his lungs. Ooh. A noose <clears throat> oh. from the crossbeam dangling down into the empty space. The rope was knotted tight, the twisting cord more menacing than anything on the workbench. My dad entered behind us, shutting the door. He went and stood by the noose, motioned me forward. Come on now, Tommy. Let's get this over with. Jeez. D dad I croaked, mouth dry and voice cracked like a dead twig. W what are you going to do, do? My heart was pressed against my ribs, throwing itself against bone, a wild beast in my chest. Dad traced the hanging loop with his fingers. You're going to be my wind chime, son. I need to know when the wind will blow north. I think you'll make a good chime. Once I empty your insides out. But I'll do that after. Why are you doing this, Daddy? Jay cried, wet tears rolling down his cheeks. He didn't answer, just waited for me to go to him. I didn't move, didn't know what to do. Was he serious about going through with this? He couldn't be. This was my father, he loved me. He would never do anything to seriously hurt me. At that age, blind trust is a dangerous thing. It filled me. The memories and kindness my dad had shown me over the years, I trusted him. He was my father. But that darkness in his eye, that black spark, it terrified me. Reality and faith collided together in my mind like oil and water, the mixture turning my stomach in sick horror. My father gripped the hanging rope. If you don't come over here right now, I'm going to use Jay instead. I felt my brother bury his face into my side, weeping. No, 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 over and over again. His tears damp on my shirt. I wrapped an arm around his head, feeling his sweaty hair brush over my skin. My heart was audible in my ears. My lips cracked and dry. Breath coming in stuttering heaves. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> as I pushed my brother <laughs> forward. As I pushed my brother forward. No, it's not. Yeah, he's obviously smaller. He would make a better wind chime. He's a, he could catch the wind, the <laughs> north wind, right? Dad. I cried, feeling my... Self began to cry, cry, they cried, yeah. Dad, I don't want to, please, Dad. My face was flushed as the fear came bubbling out of my face in wet streaks. My father suddenly reached out and grabbed me, gripping my arm and yanking me towards the rope. I let out a cry, <laughs> and fell towards him, his hands hard and strong. He pushed and shoved me, positioning me under the rope, its shadow a dark halo over my head. Jay was screaming openly, his face red and terrified. He just stood there helpless as my father pulled the noose down and slid it over my head. Dad's going to hang me. The thought hit me like a knife to the heart. <clears throat> my knees were weak, palms sweaty. Knees weak, palms spaghetti. <laughs> Mom spaghetti. <laughs> Is this entire story a joke? Because his palms were sweaty earlier. They ate mom's spaghetti. And now his knees are weak. <clears throat> It's out of order, but we can we can put we, it together. We can make this work. We have the technology. This work. My knees were weak and knocked together, my whole body trembling in horrific anticipation. <laughs> anticipation. <laughs> the rope around my neck scratched and rubbed against my skin, coarse and itchy. This was really about to happen. Up until this point, I didn't believe my father was capable of such sins, especially to his own son. 
My dad was my hero, a strong supportive pillar and example to my brother and I, and now I waited with bated breath for him to kill me. Here we go, Dad said, positioning himself behind me and grabbing the dangling end of the rope that hung from the crossbeam. I heard a tightening of cords, the rope stretching and straining. Suddenly, my throat was clamped with hot fire, a burning agony that cut up my chin as I was lifted off my feet. I kicked my legs frantically, impossibly helpless, my hands grabbing at my neck. I couldn't get my fingers between the rope and my skin, the tension denying any space to dig my nails into. My head swelled and I felt the blood in my face ready to pop out of my eyes. In my mouth, I hacked and coughed, horrible gagging wretches exploding from my lips as I tried to breathe. My vision began to swim and colors began to blend. I felt myself dying. Suddenly, the pain was gone. The halo of fire around my throat vanishing. I felt my knees hit the hard floor and I crumpled into myself. I sucked in deep lungfuls of air, the oxygen never tasting any sweeter in my life. As the world began to focus again, I realized my father was screaming. I blinked back the dizziness and focused my eyes, pushing the shadows away. My father was against the back wall, clutching his side and howling as blood bubbled from his shirt. Jay stood next to him, weeping screaming, his right arm soaked with blood up to his elbow. He was holding a rusty box cutter, its blade dripping. Don't hurt Tommy! Jay was howling through wet eyes. Don't hurt him, Dad! Hand pressed to his side. My dad swiped at Jay, trying to snatch the box cutter. Jay jerked back and almost tripped over himself, letting out another shriek. Look what you did to me! My dad grimaced, pulling his hand away, revealing a deep gash in his side, his shirt tattered and red. I struggled to my feet, reaching out and pulling Jay toward me. I took the box cutter from him and put a hand on my throbbing head. I'm okay, it's going to be okay, I tried to reassure him. Suddenly, my dad lunged for me, pushing himself off the wall using his back. Without thinking, I slashed at him a purely defensive reaction. Time seemed to slow as I watched the blade catch my dad in the arm. The blade eating into his skin, it cut through the flesh like soft butter, parting his wrist like Ooh. a bloody zipper. Ooh. Zip. Blood squirted into my eyes, and I heard my dad scream, "Oh!" Pulling his arm back and cradling <laughs> it onto his chest. Oh shit! <coughs> Fuck! He slumped to the floor, his face pale and full of fury. He was breathing hard, and I could tell it wouldn't be long before he steadied himself and was at us again. I grabbed Jay and ran from the shed the night behind us, filling with howls of rage. As the air hit our tear-stained faces, I suddenly noticed trucks roaring down the road and up our driveway. They were bulky and loud, the diesel engines growling towards us. Blinding white lights cut down the paths through the night shining across my bloody face as two, three, then four of them stopped in front of my house. They were camouflaged. Even at that age, I knew they were military. What's going on? My exhausted, terrified mind asked. I pulled Jay close to me and advanced on them, unsure what they were doing here, but desperately needing of help. Two men emerged from a white van dressed in hazmat suits. They sent a shiver of fear coursing through me as they charged Jay and I yelling and waving their arms. A frozen ah, yard. Lucky ah, <laughs> ah, waving ah, a playable ah, playing two men. <laughs> That's true. A frozen yard, Jay trembling beside me. Men in uniform poured out of the other vehicles, guns drawn, all pointing at us. They all had gas masks on, and it, give, it gave them a chilling, inhuman look in the moonlight. 
Everyone was shouting as the men in hazmat suits approached Jay and myself. (laughs) (laughs) They're all shouting. I back up a step as they get close, gripping the box cutter for my bloody hand. I didn't know who these people were or why they were pointing guns at us. I needed to protect Jay. He had been through enough. We both had. It's okay, kid. It's okay. One of the men in the suit said, raising his hands. The other one had pistols drawn, scanning the yard. Where is he? The one with the pistol asked. I stammered, mind blanking in fear and confusion. Your dad! Where's your dad, kid? The first one asked through the suit. I could see blue eyes reflecting back at me. He's in there! Jay suddenly cried, pointing to the shed. He wanted to hurt Tommy, so I caught him. I had to. I'm sorry. I didn't want Tommy to die. <laughs> cut him. Cut him good. I cut him deep! The first one looked at the other one with the pistol and gave a quick nod. I watched as he trod over the shed and peeked inside. He looked back and gave three of us a wave, thumbs up to the men in the gas masks. Then he entered the shed, and I heard him kill my father. The gunshots exploded in the night, and I jumped. The finality of deafening me. I stood there, dumbfounded, bloody, confused, and terrified. I didn't know who these men were, what they were doing here, or why they had just shot my dad. I clutched Jay to my side, staring up with giant round eyes. Did did that man just kill dad? He asked, his voice a shaky whisper. The man in the hazmat suit shook his head. Son, you don't have anything to worry about. It's going to be okay now. He won't try to hurt you anymore. Someone was yelling behind him, and I glanced over his shoulder to see the men in a mass had gone into our house. One of them was calling for a medic, frantically waving his hand to get inside. My mother. I prayed she was okay, that these men could help her. I didn't know what my father had done to her, but I remember the screams. Oh, oh, honey. Oh, yeah. It's the milkman. Here's the milk. Here's the milk. What? What? What's going on? I whispered as I watched the man with the pistol exit the shed. He was yelling towards the, sh- the soldiers, asking for something, my ears not registering his calls. My world was crashing down around me in inky patches of disbelief and shock. The men knelt down in front of us, placing a hand on each of our shoulders. Boys, I really shouldn't be the one to tell you this, especially not right now. I looked him with moist eyes. My dad just tried to hang me, please. <laughs> God, that's like the realest shit ever. Like he really, like he had a thing and he like, I really, I, I, felt, I felt it, man. Like I was really. It was time, bro. It was going to happen. You shouldn't hear about this. Uh, dude, he just tried to hang me. Ah, oh, okay. Well, in that case, I could see shock ripple across his eyes through the hazmat visor. He looked at both of us, struggling with himself. Please. I begged, desperate to make any kind of sense of this madness. The man sighed. Boys, something horrible happened today. I really don't think I should be the one to tell you, but... He looked at us again. Boys, something bad happened by the bank where your dad worked. There was some kind of earthquake. Very minor, but it cut a deep gash in the earth. It opened up a pocket of... something that we've never seen before. Some kind of gas... The wind carried it towards town, and... He looked at the ground, shaking his head. It killed a lot of people. A lot of people. We're trying to contain it, keep whatever it is from spreading. Is that why you shot Dad? Jay asked quietly, sniffling and rubbing his nose. Because he had got the bad wind on him? The man looked up at both of us, his eyes fearful. Boys, your dad died this morning along with everyone else at the bank. We took his body to containment. They're performing an autopsy on him as we speak. I'm really sorry. Damn it. I am. Sister Zyke, in 
invasion, invasion of the body, of body snatchers, snatchers, but like cloning them too. But like covenant, like alien yeah. covenant, like like shitty, shitty alien covenant. <laughs> I felt my brain bend back on itself. Like when I was watching Alien Covenant. <laughs> a mess of knotted thoughts and hate, emotions. <laughs> Words hitting me like bullets. Why? Ridley Scott. What was this man talking about? Ridley Scott. <laughs> that night this morning. So it wasn't possible. He came home for mobs. Then he just came home for oh, work. Then he's here's the milk. Here's the milk, son. <laughs> Just like every other day, my dad's body was lying dead in the shed. This man was lying. He had to be. Then who's... who's in there? I finally asked, the question coming out in a weak dribble. The man shook his head. Son, whatever is lying dead in that shed, it isn't your father. You see, something else came out of the earth this morning. Something other than the poisonous gas. Something that crawled up to the surface and got out. Something that, for whatever reason, took the form of your father and drove home to you all. Witnesses saw him, it, leaving, the only one to get out. When we found your dad's body, we didn't know what to make of it. We still don't. That thing in there, he said, pointing to the shed. We don't know what it is, or what it was trying to do. But that is not your father. He shook his head. Shit. I'm really sorry, kids. I really shouldn't be telling you all this. I'm sorry about your dad. I really am. He stood up. Come on. We need to get you to a hospital and have you checked out. It's going to be okay, I promise. I barely heard him as Jay and I were led to the trucks. I saw men carrying my mother out of the house on a stretcher. She was alive, barely conscious. But when she saw us, she reached out and called our names. Jay started crying again and sprinted to her. I wanted to as well, but I found I didn't have the strength. Everything the man had told me twisted and coiled around my mind. None of it made sense. None of it could possibly be real. Couldn't be. How could my entire life change so drastically in one night? What was going to happen to us now? Where were they taking us? We were going to be okay? At the time, I didn't know. I felt someone grasp something out of my hand, and I realized one of the soldiers was trying to pry the box cutter out of my grip. I let go, the rusty metal peeling away from my palm, blood staining it in sticky red splotches. What had happened to me? I looked back and saw men in hazmat suits pulling my dad's dead body from the shed and zipping it up in a clear plastic body bag. Final thought ripped through the madness. What the hell is that thing? That's it. What the hell is that thing? It was trying to go north. Was it? Is that what you well, said? It, it, remember, it kept breaking up sentences saying the north wind, something about the... That's why I wanted to make him a fucking... Wind chimes so I could know when the wind was blowing north. Ooh. I don't know what to think of that necessarily. I don't know if that was a directional thing or if that was just like it was it was receiving some kind of message. So immediately my mind tells me like first reaction if something is crawling up out of the earth imitating humans, that's a fucking reptilian. Mm. Out of the twelve supposed intergalactic species that exist currently in the in the scientifically speaking like uh ufologists suggest that there are 12 species of aliens that exist on our form our plane of existence and one of them is a class of subterranean uh, uh, organisms people. that <laughs> well no i like i like reptilians reptilians are fun to Makes talk more about sense. because it's like 
okay, reptiles exist. They've they've lasted. Their genealogy has lasted since the dinosaurs, and you know they've evolved further. But um, we really don't know what's under the crust of the earth. We just know that there's there's heat and there's energy. But let, you know, who's to say? Who's really to say? Yeah. Us humans can only get so far. And you know, what if they're under the water? You know, we talked about that earlier. You know, reptilians. Think about it. Think about it. Don't think about it. Who cares? So, um, yeah, so you tell me something comes up with a gas attack to kill people, I immediately think it's a reptilian with some kind of weapon, some kind of experimentation. And when he got out and he tried recollecting a human form, maybe it wasn't taking. You know? They did say it was crawling on all fours. Correct. His eyes were moving in different directions. It didn't seem like... Now, they said blood, but, you know, a reptile's blood is still red, despite being cold, right? Mm-hmm. Um, despite being cold-blooded, a uh, reptile's blood is still red, so, like, who's to say that, you know, it was just a skin suit or not? Who knows? Well, it um, may, or some weird form of shape-shifting yeah, to a cha- different Yeah, changeling, you know, that's fun. You could think about that. What if it's a form of existence that can imitate? Um, you know, you think of the thing. It might have been a um, what was that? That's a that's a predator mechanism. That's a survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, it just spreads asexually uh, to reproduce and have a higher success rate at you know taking over the fucking planet. So it could have been something I guess that initially could have came out. Could have just been what it's essential. But he said the dad was the only one that they saw come out. Yeah. But the gas, he didn't. The, I the, think the gas. I think the gas is a red herring. I think the gas is just a, a surprise attack. I think the gas is just what killed people. It's a mechanism. It's just a thing. It happened. But why, out of all the people, was it the father that lived closest and didn't have any technology? They were less of a threat. They didn't have technology. How would it know all that though? They didn't know. Hey, sub- subterranean reptilians, like, they have surveillance on humans. <laughs> is that what it they is? They have technology. But they... <sighs> they have technology to... So you think it was like... Hey, some people think Obama was a reptilian. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's well. that's enough. So so you think it was like a subterranean species that made an attack on the my, surface dwellers? My best bet right now <clears throat> is that, yes, everything you just said is basically where I'm leaning. I don't think... I think the reason they're taking the body... I think the reason that it imitated human life but didn't quite do human things was because it wasn't human. I don't think it was an imitation, not necessarily. Like, um, I don't think it was something that didn't know it was an imitation, you know. Like, the thing, it doesn't know until it knows. It, it has all the memories of the host. It talks like it was the original host. It doesn't trigger until it's in a fight-or-flight stance. Mm-hmm. That's how the thing works. This seemed more like an, a single organism with its own plan and no kind of trigger moment. Like, they cut him a couple times, and he was just like, fuck, yeah. you know, like a single organism would. It was just like, ah. Well, no, no, yeah, I think he, it's, that's why I went with Shapeshifter, because he was just trying to maintain it, which is why when he came to the kid's bedroom he was on all fours sure. because he was ref- reflecting back to his more natural state but then he corrected himself for his composure and what he's supposed to be replicating sure um now obviously we don't know anything about this there's no more to this story that i'm nope, aware of that's it so this is all just speculation on what it is i 
I don't know if it was a ground attack or if it was just an underdweller that came out and just either by happenstance is this is the one it decided to clone and replicate and leave or if it was a strategic thing. The thing that makes me want, as much as I don't want to go with that, but to think that this was an actual caused thing to happen and that they picked him for that reason is because he lives on an outskirt, there's no technology, less mm-hmm. chance for help to be called for, um, is because of the awareness of A, obviously, unless just by shape-shifting, it took all the knowledge, but it knew about a vehicle, mm-hmm. it knew where to go, it knew how to get home. Pop, what the hell did it do to their mother? Because it said he was going to fuck their mother. Did yeah, it, like, that's a loose Yeah. That's a loose end. It kept her alive. We know yep. that. We know that it kept her alive. So did it try to meet with her? And did then... it spread? If, it, it, if we're if we're going back to things, some kind of yeah. you know how uh, uh, invasion, um, body invasion of the body snatchers. You know, if we're thinking about that, you know, that's enough time to infect. Think about the uh, Daniel Craig remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Mm. That that was that was pretty quick. Yeah, some of those transformations took place real quick. Yeah. Because it was more of a bacterial, you know, small plant than it was about recreating the body. You know, like mm. in the original, not e- not even, I'm not even talking about the like the 50s one. I'm talking about like the 70s one, like my favorite one. Like they show the plants having to take a night to, yeah, like the to, build, a, to build a body to re- replicate. Mm. Um, this could have been something quicker. Yeah. It could have been planned. It just makes it seem that it was conscious and aware of the efforts that were going on. Like the fact, I guess that I know it might be a red herring, but in that story that that the imitator, the under whatever you want to call it, the shapeshifter that replicated their dad, when it kept breaking its speech, it uh-huh. would always keep mentioning this north wind, this north wind, this north wind. So that leads me to believe that that might go with the whole this was a planned thing because maybe it's waiting for stage two of whatever the plan's going to be or whatever the situation may be. Um, this doesn't. Why? Why would it constantly reference that? That seems way. Oh no! Too I definitely. Um, I think it was like listening to something, some kind of frequency about a further attack plan. Um, who's to say it didn't have any kind of technology to be able to do that? It mm-hmm. seemed like an internal thing too. Yeah. So like maybe they maybe they talk telekinetically. You know, that's the thing with aliens. If they operate at a higher brain capacity, because humans don't use a lot of their brains. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a weird one. It was definitely a good though. take. I, I kind of wish... There was more? Well, obviously you want there to be more. I'm more curious what happened with mom. Like, is she impregnated with little chameleon babies? Yeah, the fly. Little yeah. shapeshifter babies. That's a, fun little, that's a fun little one to think of. You know, she gives birth to little alien childs. Like, little alien tr- children's. Because, like, they made a point to mention that, and that, like, she was obviously fine if she went back to the bedroom. And he did say he was gonna fuck her. That's what I'm saying. He like, was gonna give her the milk. That was pretty blatant. It wasn't like <laughs> he we was heard banging man. and heard him screaming. No, 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 no. No, I think he was just he was just saying that. What because... happened with the brick? Because the brick was bloody. I think he just, no, I think he just beat the mom up with the brick and, and threw her body thinking that she was dead. You know? I think he was... For how long it went on, though? Like, I could knock a bitch out with a brick in, like, ten seconds. <laughs> like, cause, he sa- Okay, let's, think, let's say- think about this a little bit. He said he was going to hollow out his son to act as a wind chime, but what if what if that's just saying, like, he's he wanted to make his son a receptacle for some kind of organism? Yeah, why does he have to use this kid as a wind chime? <laughs> Because he, just, was, he really wanted to signify that north wind. I don't know what that means. You know, like what? you can't really even think about that. Maybe, oh, maybe, 
if he if he smashed the mom over the head with the brick and was gonna leave Jay intact for some reason, then but why? he was gonna hollow him out for the north wind. What if it's something in the wind that lets them shape shift, where it could have picked up essentially the sun's sure. hollowed out body and kind of shape shifted it. You know what I'm well, saying? Maybe it's an evolution process, and the gas is like step one. But it's and really need, fucking fast. And then fast. you need the wind to carry it yeah. and host it. And that then, like, you got a body bag that literally collects it for it to automatically shape into mm. to be, like, his kid. Mm. And then the next kid or the mom or whatever it may be. However else it may spread. I don't know. That's interesting. That's fun. Kind of would like That's to see fun one. if, like, the, the person who wrote this would do, like, an AMA. Like, hey, what you, did, is this just entirely... Oh, you, you could just go... Uh, a lot of authors talk. A lot of... Go read the thread. Just be like, hey, was this just bullshit that you were coming up with as you were going, or do you have any theory behind this? Go you... to No Sleep... Go to No Sleep, look at the There's Something Wrong With My Dad story. Um, go to the comments, see if the author talked with anyone. Maybe maybe click the author and see if he has more stories. You know, this is this is where that becomes your job, audience, to go, to go and do that work, because I'm not going to. Uh, you want answers? Go get them, or tell me about them. You know, feel free to comment, or... Or post something either on SoundCloud. I've gotten comments before on on MixCloud. I have a couple um, on YouTube. You know, it's always easy. Just leave a comment if you want us to to f- see if there's a part two. Maybe there is. You know, just maybe maybe I just need a, a good push in the right direction. Oh, well, there's so um, many stories you have to I cover. I didn't part. We didn't read. Uh, we read Whistlers, uh, Ruth, Whistlers, um, part one and two on 59 and 60 but part three doesn't come through until like 68 or 70 something like we didn't know there was a part three like someone needed to tell us that there's a part three from bill's perspective the entire story retold with with more information and it has an actual ending and it has an actual twist and it's fun Mm. so it's like there might be a part two it's not the first time we fucked up it's not going to be the last (laughs) we've done it on several yeah, here's another one. In 33, 30, 31, there's an episode with Django, Confessions of a Deep Sea Diver. Um, we read parts one and two, couldn't find part three. We read part three on a later episode. There was an episode with Sir Booberry, where um, we read the first part of what I didn't know was a series. But guess what? We came back later, we read the rest of the series. Yeah, it happens. That's a good thing, though. Gives you to come back and get the rest of it. Yeah, you know... You read the part, you read the slice, and it gets enough interest, and people actually know about it. Sure, I'm I'm not a closed door. I'll take a I'll take a suggestion any day. Um, it's also good to know if I'm fucking something up. <laughs> so anyway, this was a fun little story. Gnarly Charlie, what did you think? I thought it was good. I thought it, it was, was good. I'm definitely... Aliens are fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you could classify that one as an alien or whatever it may be, I don't know. I think that's why we kind of need some more. Some more info. I'm definitely gonna go check out that Reddit and uh, and I'll see if you. Oh anything. well, reptilians are considered aliens because it's saying that back before humans. It's not an alien. It's already on Earth. Aliens, something. No, they're saying that reptilians came from other planets, saw that it was a nice planet, and made home beneath the surface because they wanted to raise us as cattle. Ah, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, what you're saying there. We were a easy species to command. Easy species. Because here comes the milkman. That's why we started detonating nukes on the ground. Sure. We're like, hey, don't forget about us, motherfuckers. Sure. We blow shit up now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Some some theorizers even go as far as saying they control the sun. That's ridiculous. That's a fun one. Anyway, <laughs> this was Lots of Pasta, episode 79, Extra Terrestrial, part two. I, I, Captain. My name's Captain. So I made a little pun there.